They're, they're not stupid people. They know exactly what they are doing. Essentially, what they're really doing is that they're trying to brainwash enough NPCs so that they could democratically seize the means of production. And welcome back to the Why Bitcoin Podcast, a podcast where we question everything, but mainly why Bitcoin. I'm your host. My name is Jeff. Joined here today with my joyful co-host Doug. Doug, how are you doing today? Hello. Yes. How are you doing, my friend? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I am. How are you I am. <laughs> I am because this is the first time we'll have a guest where I actually know who it is and you don't. It's going to be sweet. You are the expert on the guest today. Guys, today joining us on the show is Nico from Simply Bitcoin. Nico, how you doing, man? Man, I'm here. I'm ready to fuck up some bears. I'm ultra bullish. I'm happy to be on this podcast. How are you guys doing? So okay. I first, I let me just fanboy for two seconds here, okay? Because like, uh, first of all, Bitcoin has no heroes. That's fine. I get that. And generally, I don't. That's not a thing like... If you fuck up tomorrow, Nico, I'm calling you out. I'm just saying. But um, uh, the first time I ever heard of you was at Bitcoin Conference 21. And I watched your 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 panel and you were just so fired up. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I was just I was really, really impressed with it. And that's when I started watching Simply Bitcoin. And I was like, this is this is good shit. You know, you guys are funny. You're doing good stuff. You're keeping me informed. Like it, it was it's a great show. And uh, yeah, so that's that's me fanboying and uh but one of the things i was go ahead jeff it was just it's important to me nico that you exist because when i first showed uh bitcoin to doug he kind of went down the shitcoin path and i kept pushing him like no man it's bitcoin only and then one day he came to me he's like hey man these simply bitcoin guys they're just talking about bitcoin only i think i think this this is different i'm like fuck yeah it's different man bitcoin only is what matters (laughs) so you are a a uh, colossal piece in uh, orange pilling of my friend Doug here. So I appreciate you for that. So I just wanted to say thanks, man. It's important. Bitcoin only shows are important. Yeah. Yeah, Well, first of all, I'm totally honored, uh, you know, to have you say that I, you know, I would expect nothing less, but to call me out if I start going down the shit going path, like that is literally what this is about. That's what the decentralized immune system of Bitcoin is so awesome at doing. Um, yeah, so you know, I I go for it. I I'm, I won't take it personally. Like that's what, that's what exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, when you know when we started the show, there was no show. Um, there was you know the Max and Stacy report, um, but there really was no Bitcoin show. Like there was. What, what year did you start in? What, what year we started that? 2020. Okay. okay. So like there really was no Bitcoin show. Like there was. You know why are we bullish by BTC Ben? BTC Sessions Ben is an amazing guy, mm-hmm. um, yep. but it's a little bit different. There was no daily show, right? So when we started it, it was something like, "Oh, is this going to work? You know, is this you know like let's go, let's do this? Like, why not?" Um, and yeah, um, now in terms of the conference, um, it's funny you say that because people are like, "Dude, it's so wor- wor- worked up. You got uh, under you know Voorhees' skin." So not to get a little bit political or anything, but 
um, essentially there the there's an issue because the there's a certain way to talk that riles people up, um, and you know the the political left in the United States has literally mastered this. Um, so there's certain catch slogans that they'll say they don't even have to make logical sense and people will rally around because of how catchy they are. Right. Bumper sticker logic. Correct. So what I did was, you know, I studied a lot of their literature, you know, rules for, for radicals by Saul Alinsky. Did you, you read that, huh? Uh, Of course. And what what I, what I noticed, right. Is it's really about taking the narrative and always being always getting this the other side on defense right so when i came up with that line that went viral like if you're against you know if you're against uh what was it if you're against bitcoin toxicity you're against freedom if you're against no if you're, you're against bitcoin if you're against bitcoin you're against freedom and like as simple as it sounded like i actually thought about it a lot because i'm like okay you know how do you defend that you don't you can't defend that it's undefensible Right. Um, cause then you're gonna be like, okay, you're against freedom. You know, it's like, oh no, but I, I, I'm just against Bitcoin. It's like, oh, so if you're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom. So like I, I put a lot of logic into it and I use a lot of their tactics, but I just applied it, applied it to a libertarian ideology and, uh, it worked. And it's something that I haven't stopped doing because it's so effective. And at the end of the day, what this really is is this is a revolution. This is a revolution of personal responsibility, people taking financial sovereignty back. And, um, you know, it's it like in it because it's a revolution, you have to use a lot of their tactics because their tactics are so freaking efficient. They're so a freaking look. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the left is terrible. The left is this, you know, whatever. I'm like, you could say all you want, but you can't deny that the left is masters at taking the narrative. Like they're just so freaking good at it. Um, and then the right in the United States is always on the defense. They're reactive, you know? It's like the left does something, and then the right's like, oh, look how crazy the left is. Now, here's the thing if you're the one reacting to the narrative, you've already lost. What you have to do is you have to set the narrative. And that's something that I've tried from day one on Simply Bitcoin with a lot of the climate FUD. Um, you know, it's it's not about reacting because the other side, when they they they're okay, they're very smart people. They're educated. They know exactly what they're saying and they know why they're saying it. Has nothing to do with the climate, has nothing to do with, you know, oh, this is a threat to financial stability. No, 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 no. It's a threat to the power structure, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what it's about, right? So I think a lot of the fiat political parties, like I call them, like whether it's left wing or right wing, like I think it, I think they're outdated. Um, I think I think ninety five percent of the differences between the two could be solved if you fix the money, right? But there's a lot of tactics that you know some use that are very effective if you apply them to our revolution right so you know yeah and uh i just for the audience i want to i want to just just dip back for one second 
guys, you really need to go check out Saul Alinsky's Rule for, Rules for Radicals. I've read a good portion of it. I've, I haven't read the whole thing, but one of the things that Nico's talking about here, and I'm going to try to bumper sticker Saul Alinsky for a second, is basically you pick a topic, right? This is me paraphrasing Saul. Is you pick a topic, you isolate it, you polarize it. And that's, if you if you look at that that three-step playbook, right? That's always what good politicians are doing to get their point across. They're picking a topic. Let's say Bitcoin. Bitcoin is bad. Why is Bitcoin bad? We got to isolate it, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to say it uses up too much energy. We're going to, you know, burn up the planet, okay? And that's how you polarize it at the same time, right? That So that's the entire playbook in a nutshell is you pick a topic, you isolate it, you polarize it. You make it controversial, even though it probably isn't. It, but that's not the point. The point is, is you can, you can essentially uh again like a bumper sticker you make it simple so that even a passing glance you just go oh yeah bitcoin's bad you know and i run into that so many times out in the real world um so i'm, I'm glad you're doing it nico i appreciate that i really do look I, i'm i'm just playing a very small part like i'm not that big of an account um but i think that you know, I, I think that some people have picked up on the method. I wish more people, uh, I wish more people were on top. And rather than being reactionary, like a lot of the right wing media in the United States, they took more of an active role and they were more vicious on how you attack people that are against Bitcoin. It's well, really... I think it's a skill set. I think it's something you have to develop as a person. Like, it's not something that comes natural to people. Yeah, this is... And yeah, to that point, like, I'm not trying to start beef or anything, but it's like, I knew about Michael Saylor before I ever, ever heard of you. No offense, but I just did. And it's like, Michael Saylor has always just sort of been playing politics. And I got nothing against the guy. He's fine. It's whatever. But it's like, I listen to you, and you're playing the game the right way. And he's, you know, sailors playing with like ESG commissions and all sorts of nonsense. And that always bugged me because it was like, I don't, the whole reason I'm in Bitcoin is to not play that game anymore. That's the entire point of this whole exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's a really good point. So yeah, about politics and Bitcoin, right? Um, for the longest time I was, hey, you know, politics are no longer important. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I do agree to a certain extent that politics, um, that politics are the, the importance of politics are greatly diminished. And I think that under a Bitcoin standard, I think they would take a backseat. However, I think that during the transition period, certain politicians can make our lives hell, um, mm -hmm. especially if you're living in a certain jurisdiction. So. I really fundamentally believe that you got to get into the political arena and you got to fucking fight. So I don't know if I could curse. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. It's fine. You got to fight uh, like there's no tomorrow. And you really got to understand the viciousness of your enemy. And you got to understand what the purpose of what they're doing is. Because what I got upset with, for example, Nick Carter, that, you know, we fucking became a shit coiner and whatnot Man, but can i just pause you for a second i'm really sad you didn't see my meme on that dude 
I'm just saying it's, it's, it was like the first meme I ever did, and it was really good, and I was really upset. I have to check it out. I have to check it out. Now right. I feel bad. I feel bad now. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty all right, good. all right, keep going. Sorry, man. I, I just I just had out. to interject. Yeah, yeah you gotta send it to me on Twitter. Funny. I gotta send it to me on Twitter. I'll check it out. We'll we'll put it all on right. the meme review. Um, all right, cool. Feel free yeah, to dunk okay. on Nick all you want, though. <laughs> yeah, please. So before you know, he dyed his hair and just totally lost it. Um, <laughs> I would always comment and he would be like, dude, and I was rebuking all these all these climate things, which I think is really important. I think it's really important that we get back to them with facts. But you also have to understand what it is they're doing, right? What they're doing is they know what they're saying is a lie. They know that they're, they're not stupid people. You can't say that the people that talk shit about the climate stuff are stupid. They're not. They know exactly what they are doing. Right. And essentially what they're really doing is that they're trying to brainwash enough NPCs. And here I'm going to use the word democracy so that mm -hmm. they could democratically. Right. Seize. The means of production, seize the stuff. So what do I mean by that? I mean, so, for example, with the Elizabeth Warren hit piece, right, she released she's a just the worst dude. Good Lord. She's she, awful. She's the worst, but she knows what she's doing. Right. This is saying you can't underestimate your opponents here. And she released a New York Times hit piece. And at the same time, right, she sent a letter to the EPA. So she used the power of the legacy media and their platform. She released a letter to the EPA. And she knows that a lot of that, a lot of the part of that letter is bullshit. But what she is hoping that she picks up enough political support by the NPCs to affect change to coerce a certain type of regulation on the bitcoin mining industry in the hopes of hurting bitcoin in the first place she knows exactly what she's doing it's not about the environment it's about no. power and control and let me tell you why i think it's about power and control right so we're i'm in this privileged position where i have to cover the news on a day-by-day -day basis of what's occurring in bitcoin and initially, I sat on the fence. I'm like, no, these people are naive. But then I started to notice that we would come after report after report after report after report, and they wouldn't change their rhetoric. And here was the smoking gun. In Norway, 100% of Bitcoin miners in Norway, they're responsible for about 1% of the, hash rate, the global hash rate. They are powered by 100% renewable energy. But certain political parties in Norway still wanted to ban Bitcoin mining. Why did they want to ban Bitcoin mining if 100% of Bitcoin mining came from renewable energies? Because it was never about Bitcoin mining and its energy usage. We know that the banking sector more, uses more energy than Bitcoin mining. Why is one held to a certain standard and the other is not? Well, that's because one could be captured by the mob, by democracy, by people, right? And the other one is immune to that. So what they're trying to do is that they're trying to attack the roots. And there's really two attacks right now occurring. There is the, the more loud one, which is the attack on Bitcoin miners. I don't think it'll be successful because the profit incentive is way too big. And in China, even when you know, the Chinese Communist Party banned Bitcoin mining within its borders. It's estimated that still between 10 to 15 percent of the hash rate 
is still located in China. That's how powerful Bitcoin's incentives are. Now, the other attack vector is the one that I'm really worried about. And that is the, the right to self-custody. I'm making a prediction. I believe that eventually, especially if the transition to hyper-Bitcoinization happens too quickly, what I believe we will see is a major push by the Western democracies, whether that's Europe, the UK, the United States, to ban an individual's right to self-custody. Now, the reason that I believe that one will be more successful is because, dude, the majority of people, they buy Bitcoin on Robinhood, they buy Bitcoin on Coinbase, and dude, they think they own Bitcoin, they forget it. So it's not that governments will go out and say, hey, you know, we're going to ban self-custody. No, 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 no. What they'll do is that they'll make it ridiculously hard to start withdrawing from exchanges, oh, yeah. specifically in big amounts. They'll put It'll capital like gun ownership, to be honest. Like if Correct. You're in the, in, in so the they'll put capital controls yep. and they'll try to other, you know, the Bitcoin ecosystem. Now, here's the problem that they have, right? Because they have a major problem is that once I take Bitcoin into self-custody, it's in the Bitcoin ecosystem now that that ain't going back. Mm. Right. And, you know, I've been making content for a while and I have to pay, you know, certain Bitcoiners to do certain work for me. And I pay them in Bitcoin. Like I don't deal with the with the old system. I don't have to know their name. I don't have to know their identity. I don't have to know their address. I just pay them directly in Bitcoin. So it's like what they could really do to use Christine Lagarde's own words, you know, the head of the European Central Bank, right? They could try to shut, they could try to destroy the escape valve, but it's going to be like, unless they plug all of the holes, which they won't be able to, they have such a big problem. And the fact that we've already, we're already at 90% uh, percentage issued in terms of the amount of Bitcoin. 91. It, 91 there you go they they i don't know what they're gonna do like they, they have such a big problem i don't know how they how they generally have an idea of to stop this and now that bitcoin is legal tender and it's a major strategy of naim bukele and el salvador man fine the united states makes it illegal to self which i doubt that's even constitutional and whatnot you know this country really does There's value so many legal property. avenues we could go down in terms Correct. of the free speech avenue, the personal property avenue. Correct. A ton, of, it, it, ton of legal avenues. It really, this country, what I love about it, and I'm an immigrant, right? I'm a first generation American. Um, they really value uh, private property here, right? So they'll have a hard time in the United States. But let's say Europe, right? Europe's kind of gone, you know, on the complete other direction. Um, yeah, like it will be difficult. But you know what you'll notice, right? It is exactly what the sovereign individual predicted is that people that are wealthy enough, they'll literally get on a plane and take everything with them. And now all of that money is being literally taken out of the European economy and it's being sent to El Salvador. So it kind of creates this judicial arbitrage situation or geographical mm -hmm. arbitrage. So yeah, man, I think at the end of this, once, of the, once the bumpy transition is over, the old government model is fucked. I'm sorry to curse again. That's just no, second it's time. really fine, dude. Don't 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 apologize. It's, fine. it's what totally I, totally screwed. What I think is, if if they if they ban self custody, all they do is just uh, they make Bitcoin like real Bitcoin more scarce, and then all of us that are sitting on true UXTOs talk to our friends and say, "Yeah, we have real Bitcoin." They have some on Coinbase or whatever that they can't get out. 
and then we just continue to create our own circular economies. So all the Bitcoin that's trapped on whatever exchange, it just gets dis like it just gets disregarded. It's just not in circulation anymore. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like they can, the less Bitcoin that's in that's being used, just makes the ones that are out there more valuable. So like, do we care if they make self custody quote unquote banned? We already have. I think what, oh sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just saying we already have so much like. I, I, I'm working on orange filling a couple people right now. And it's like, let me just send you some. You don't have to set up an account or anything. Download Moon, download Blue Wallet, download this. Boom, you have Bitcoin now. Like exchanges are only going to be, they're only going to be around for a short amount of time anyways. So yeah, they definitely have a shelf life. Right? Don't do, don't underestimate I'm curious, the yeah. ability of governments to really, really, you know, and what I one thing that I've learned covering this is that the state governments will go to a very like they'll go to whatever length to keep on to power. Um, oh, so absolutely. A lot of the it's like, not for, even about the money, man. It's not even about the money. It's just it, about the power. It's just about power. They don't give a shit, dude. If it means, no. if it means that. The majority of their population lives in poverty. They don't care. It's they're like, okay, I would rather just be in power. Um, well, and do that in North Korea and shit, where it's just uh, yep. I can't remember who said it, but you know, Nico, where are you from? Yeah, Venezuela. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Literally same thing. Like the yeah. the government has total complete control of the country, and you know, it's it's literally a failed state. There, the rule of law is very little, um, and you know, uh, they don't give a shit. Uh, like yeah, they, a, they're just, Oh, I'm in power. Correct. So do you, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I kind of want to tap into this a little bit because this is one of the things that really caught my ear when I was listening to you. Cause you say stuff like, you know, you, do you still have family in Venezuela? Am I to understand yep. that correctly or no? Yeah. I do. So I still you're, have... you're getting Go like ahead. reports back and stuff and how it's going and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, a, a lot of people, they, they always say like, oh, you know, it's it's communism or, oh, it's socialism. It's like, no, 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 no. There's really two ways to really how you should really approach this. Um, there's collectivism and there's individualism, right? The reason that the United yep. States has been so successful is because they have focused on individualism, which they're trying to change at the moment. But I think they won't be successful Ooh. because of how the how the government is structured and because individual states have so much sovereignty. So it kind of creates a, again, a geographical arbitrage where, you know, you're going to go to the state that has the most opportunity. And that's what we're seeing. People are leaving California and New York and they're going to Texas and Florida. Right. So Texas and Florida, you know, I mean, California and, and New York can't just capture their wealth, right. It just leaves. And that's, you can't do that if your wealth is leaving. Right. Um, so what essentially what happened with Venezuela is that they, you know, they bought into a lot of the collectivist promises and whatever. And essentially back in the 90s, you uh, the country elected this very charismatic um, leader that, you know, made a lot of promises to the poor. Um, and that was yeah, Maduro, right. No, it was Chavez, Hugo Chavez. Oh, Chavez. And, yeah, yeah. Okay, and they elected him into office. And with a span of 20 years, um, you know, he, he literally took the country into bankruptcy. 
And, you know, it's literally a failed state 20 years ago, 20, 20, 25 years ago. It was one of the wealthiest countries in Latin America. And it was one of the smallest. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, they like, yeah, 20 years ago, they were like the crown jewel of South America. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he trashed it in less than, you know, less than a generation, pretty much, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, like a, about it. A, a lot of the collectivists, they fall for the same trope, right? And it's because they, they lack an understanding of economics, right? They think that money, they think that, you know, they could print money. They think that, you know, wealth is taken, it's not produced. So, you know, yeah. what happens every single time this happened literally at, so many times in the last century, right? And this century as well, where, you know, a, a power figure gets into office, I'm going to fix these things. And what he really does is wealth redistribution. So he takes from the haves and he gives the have nots to ensure himself being in power. But what they always miscalculate is when you take from the haves, there's a reason that the haves are the haves. Mm -hmm. They're the haves because they've produced shit they've made shit and when you make shit right you're really helping your economy you're creating wealth right so what happens when you take from the haves right you're de-incentivizing them to produce more stuff and then when no one's producing stuff the economy completely collapses that's literally what happened in the soviet union that's happened with that's happened in 99% of collectivist countries, right? Their economies fail yeah, dude, because just start rattling them off. Cuba, China. Yep. I mean, China managed to mitigate its disaster by going quasi capitalism. Yeah, you know? they went they went free but, market. They're like, okay, let's open yeah, up the free yeah. market. We'll make state capitalism. And guess what? China blew up. So it's like clearly the free market is superior to that ideology. Right. It just you is. know what's really cool? I don't know if you know this, but I, I'm a bit of a history buff. But like even the United States, collectivism, the first uh, the first set of pilgrims that came here, they tried collectivism. I don't know if, if, if the audience is aware of that or whatever. But initially, that first winter that they were there, it was collectivism. Everybody worked and then all the food was put into a storehouse and then everybody had to share the storehouse. Right. And people died off in droves. That's why that first winter was so harsh for the pilgrims is because they all shared and nobody worked. They just, they all just kept taking and taking and people were starving and getting sick. And that's when the, um, I think, I think it was, I think it probably was the governor or maybe the mayor of whatever the, the establishment, the head of the establishment of the colony or whatever, he basically said, okay, if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, that's how it is. And, and uh, that totally turned it around. And that's really what established America was the idea of individualism actually bred strength collectively you know if if the unit was individuals all working towards uh, a common goal but individually we actually saw much better results than this idea of oh we're all we're all working for each other and we're all i don't know whatever holding hands and dancing in this forest or whatever the hell i don't know i just just it's it's never why? worked anywhere it's been tried ever ever why once do, why do these guys keep getting in control like justin in canada right now and whoever was in charge of it like why why do they keep getting power how does that keep happening how do we stop this i can't figure it out like people just love collectivism because they're lazy like is that all Dude, it is it's, it, man it so uh it really is honestly like it's so 
these people will, are willing to say anything and everything to take hold of power, right? So they don't care about, you know, lying to you. They don't care about, you know, promising you free stuff. And their way in is really poverty, right? Um, because essentially they'll, you know, and you see this with Biden. Biden has, you know, he's used a lot of this rhetoric where he says, you know, billionaires should pay their fair share, right? And then, um, you know, you, you you really look, you kind of look at the details. Look, here are the facts, right? Wealthy people, right? The top 1%, top 10% already pay. I think it's like 83% of the income tax for the federal government. So yep. like when he says, hey, you know, billionaires should pay their fair share. He, ha he knows what the actual truth is. Right. He knows he's not uh, stupid. He might have he might have used to know. I don't know if he knows anything. Anymore, <laughs> so he, he so the his handlers know better set. His handlers know what the truth is, but right, it's effective. It riles people up. It's like, yeah, we must we must you know, we must make the, the billionaires pay their fair share. So it's class warfare one oh one, and they successfully do this to seize power. Right. And it's happened so many times. And I think, you know, this is why I believe that libertarianism is fundamentally impossible without uh, without something like Bitcoin. Right. Because you have to take away their abilities to effectively wealth redistribute. And that's what it's really about. Right. A whole ideology is based on a political ideology is based on taking from some people and giving to other people for power. And I think it's fundamentally flawed. I think Bitcoin fixes this. I think it's a messed up ideology. And again, like, you know, specifically in the US, right? We have been trying to fight poverty for many years now. Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Yep uh try to pass it right bill clinton right and what have been the results poverty has not been eradicated and like why is that like you kind of have to ask like okay we threw money at the problem money isn't fixing the problem well it all goes down to incentives right if you're on welfare right guess what why would i go and try to get a job like why would i try to do that I'm literally getting free money, but if I'm getting free money, I'm not incentivized to work. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's messed up because certain political parties won't change the system because they're getting all those votes. Could you imagine all those voters? It's like, oh, we're going to change this system. Like it literally, it, it's literally, it, it, it literally only goes one direction, right? They do it's that like, every election cycle with the old folks and the, uh, the social security. That's exactly yep. what they do. Uh, you know, if, yep. if you get anywhere near Social Security, whichever side is doing it, you know, the other side goes, oh, uh, guess what? Uh, those evil Republicans are going to take away your Social Security, you know, and it's like, OK, then I'm going to vote for a Democrat like that's and that's it. And the Democrats couldn't care less. I mean, Social Security is broke. It's been broke since I was you know, 18. It was like 20 years, 30 years ago. It, you know, it's, it's, it's like, literally a Ponzi. But again, absolutely. like. I also, you know, I'm also not a huge fan of the Republican Party because the neocons, 
right? Oh, uh, I agree. I, don't don't get me bush, wrong. I was just using an example, but yeah, no, the bushes. It's like you know those guys. Were they okay? Fine. The left, you know, prints money to you know give to people like to social programs to buy votes, and then the right prints money to go to war. You know, it's like fuck this. You know, so it's like the, let me the, hit you with something, Nico. Because I've I've gone I've gone I've, I've said this a couple times on the show here, so. I think, uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The 5,000-Year Leap. It's really good. If you have it, you really should. Um, and one of the first few pages in there, the, the author talks about the true political spectrum. We've been taught, I don't know, for 75 years, 100 years, that you know it's left is libertarian or liberal, I should say, and right is more authoritarian, right? That's the spectrum we've been told, right? But this author talks about this idea that the actual spectrum, if you drew a line right on a piece of paper and on the left hand side you wrote down anarchy and then the right hand side you taught you wrote down total authoritarianism totalitarianism okay what you would actually have in this guy's persuasion or his perception is that republican would would republican and democrat would both be way to the right hand side and then one would be just slightly to the right of the other but they both are pretty much closer to totalitarianism than individual anarchy freedom right and so i'm just you've said before on your show that you think bitcoin is apolitical it's and your show is apolitical right like and i don't think we are here we just talk about whatever so so my question to you because it always bugs me because i think current day politics I could understand how Bitcoin is apolitical because I think Bitcoin stands against both of them. I really believe that. But I don't think Bitcoin is inherently apolitical. I think Bitcoin definitely has a political ideology behind it that if you, I mean, if your particular party doesn't align with it, you're going to be pissed off about it. And I think right now all the political parties are pissed off about it because, again, they're just about the power structure. So I just wonder what you think about that from the standpoint of, like I said, I, I don't think Bitcoin is apolitical in that sense. It's just when you compare it to the backdrop of today's politics, then yes, maybe it is. Yeah. So that's a fascinating question. Um, so a uh, couple things, right? The technology itself is for the individual, right? So any collectivist ideology, it's inherently against. Um, so when I say Bitcoin is apolitical, I, I'm, what I'm really saying is that, look, if you're on the left wing and you care about the little guy, Bitcoin's for you. If you're on the right wing and you're about freedom, sovereignty, guns, leaving the F alone, Bitcoin works for you. But Bitcoin is inherently, in my opinion, um, against a certain political ideology. Um, okay. Right. I think it's I think it's an inherently libertarian technology. Um, I think it it makes people what you would see in the traditional political parties. It makes people more right wing. Why? Because essentially people start caring about private property. They start caring about sovereignty. They start saying, <laughs> leave me the F alone. What does that sound like to you? It sounds right wing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um now, but the, the, the reason that we take the stance of Bitcoin is apolitical is because we have a lot of lefty Bitcoiners and they come on the show and we have a series called the progressive case for Bitcoin. And, you that know, we try questions. Yeah, we try to, you know, make they, they make their case. But 
one of the things that I always get confused on, I, I get so confused. I'm like, dude, like, how does how does what you're saying? Because they're like, I'm for free health care. I'm for free. You know, I'm for equality and I'm for this and I'm whatever. And I, and I always tell them, like, dude, like, so am I. But how do you achieve that without coercion and wealth redistribution? And no one knows how to answer that question. Like everything. No one knows. How to answer that. No right. one knows how to answer well, that question. It's at the bottom. Like you keep like just for just for the audience, like a thought experiment, right? Like free healthcare. Again, it's kind of going back to that. What sounds good, right? It kind of goes back to that bumper sticker logic. Sounds great. A free healthcare is a human right. Okay, that sounds wonderful. But just change the dynamic a little bit and say free car repair is a human right. You know what I mean? Like you can't force a mechanic to fix your car right and and like you're basically you would you would have to coerce a doctor and nurses and the whole team to work at a rate that maybe they don't agree with that's what socialized medicine medicine does and that's all i mean i'm right with you that's always been the problem and i'm glad you brought that that um that series up that you guys had because i honestly i I couldn't listen to a lot of it. Like I just had to shut it off, dude, because it just made me so pissed off. I was like, "This is, this is dumb and angerifying, and I hate it." So yeah, dude, I like, and I and I remembered I would I'd always text Phil, you know, when we were on this thing, and and I would always say like, they sound confused, you know, and they they sound more <laughs> they, like, yeah. they sound more like libertarians than they do you know, progressives or socialists. And uh, here's the thing, right? Here's the genius about this, right? Is that they've captured, remember what I tell you about the narrative and how important the narrative is, right? They've successfully captured words, right? To make it seem like they are the progressive ones or they are the liberal ones, right? They, they it's all the, on the classical liberal, right? Correct. But they've captured right. the world liberal, right? And here's how crazy mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is. They have the other side calling them liberals you know where what you should really be calling them is collectivists like that's really what you should be calling and by the way the right side has a collectivist ideology as well has fascism right which dude yeah. it fucking sucks too right mm -hmm. so it's like really like it like what you should really want right is individualism right right um individualism on the left is really you know it's anarchy Right. Um, and then individualism on the right is libertarianism. Right. Personally, you know, because of my personal experiences in Venezuela. Right. I, you know, I'm I'm, a, you know, I'm a libertarian. I'm a right leaning libertarian. Right. But at the same time, like a lot of the, you know, the for example, the abortion debate, the abortion. Listen, on a personal level, I don't like it. Right. But who the fuck am I to tell somebody else what to do with their body? Right. So it's like I think. Any ideology that requires coercion, I think it's a very bad thing, right? And I think any ideology that is about the freedom of the individual to get to decide what they want to do with their own body, what they want to do with their money, what they want to do with their future, right? I think that is the way to go, right? But I think that in today's world, in the, you know, if you apply modern politics to Bitcoin, I oh, think Bitcoin is Nico, an inherently Nico, what him. you would call a right-wing technology, but it's Pause. not though. No, but it would—it's de definitely oh, viewed wait, wait, as wait, such. We yeah, lost Nico? you for a second there. Yeah, we lost you for a second, man. Uh, yeah. So, could you hear me now? 
Yeah, we can hear you now. Sorry. Awesome. So, you just sorry about out. that. Go yeah, ahead. So just go ahead. Pick it, it up from somewhere. That's fine. It's a, so for, for in today's modern perspective, I believe that Bitcoin is an inherently libertarian technology. And the reason I say that is because it makes it Why do we very hard to coerce people and it makes it very hard for other people to steal your money. And it has a radical, radical protection of private property rights. And it val and it protects and values the individual more than any other technology. And that makes it very, very bad for any collectivist ideologies, right? But do I believe that absolutely, you know, on like, do I believe that Bitcoin is only for right wing people? Absolutely not. Bitcoin is literally for everybody. Bitcoin is, you know, for hardcore lefties. Bitcoin is, you know, for progressives, whatever. But at the same time, right, it makes it very difficult for certain ideologies to steal from other people effectively, right? Like, think See, about that's it. Yeah, always you been could, my issue with you know, that five dollar rent attack a couple people, but try doing that on a mass scale, especially in America, where there's literally more guns than there is people. Are you trying to tell me that you're going to go house by house and you're going to knock on people's houses and be like, give me your private keys, dude? Yeah, you might be able to do that with a couple thousand people, but try doing that on a mass scale. And then when people start talking on social media, what the government is doing, there is there will literally be riots and there will be a revolution. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Right. But on the show, we tried to we tried to take a, you know, an apolitical stance to be as inclusive as possible. Right. But when we do have these guests on the shows, dude, I, I'm not I'm not easy up on the questions. Like I'll tell them straight up. I'm like, OK, but how do you propose that? And look, we've had three episodes in the series for the progressive case for Bitcoin and really the only one that kind of made me see it was Jin. Um, she's amazing. Uh, but I still don't understand how you're going to apply a lot of these progressive principles without coercion. Because here's the thing. If half the country is saying, yeah, we'll put all our money in one pot and that's how we'll play for healthcare. But the other, the other half of the country is going to say, yeah, we're not going to do that. And then the individual free market system performs better than the collectivist system. They're going to want to capture it. They're, they're going to want to, you know, shut it down. They're going to want to bring it under their umbrella. Everyone, solidarity, everyone has to, you know, be on the same tip, right? Mm -hmm. But under a Bitcoin standard, that becomes very difficult. So again, like, I, I don't know if their ideology moving forward with something like Bitcoin is politically viable and it's practical, right? And you know what book touched upon this very much is the sovereign individual. He touched upon this, right? He said, listen, that uh, he says information technology is going to give the individual powers that he's never had before. And he's going to have and he's going to get to pick and choose to go where he's treated best. And governments are not going to be able to tax more than the services they provide, right? So, and kind of apply this to the real world, right? All the pushback on Bitcoin mining, right, has come from the left-wing political parties all around the world. When I brought up that example in Norway, the parties that were trying to ban Bitcoin mining in Norway 
were the Green Party, the Socialist Party, and the Communist Party. In Europe, when they try when they proposed to ban Bitcoin mining, guess what side of the political spectrum that ban came from? Came from the left wing. In the United States, who are attacking Bitcoin the most? It's not all Democrats, but it's the def it's the Democrats. It's the left wing American political party, right? And I think it really stems from the fact that they can't control this thing, right? And again, they have a more collectivist ideology of what the uh, what the economy should be, right? So I believe, right, that that is going to intensify because the conservatives in the United States, for example, the right-leaning Americans, are they Bitcoiners? Are they hardcore libertarians? No, they have some totalitarian tendencies, but that ideology is much more adaptable to something like Bitcoin than mm -hmm. the left-wing political ideology that literally has to completely rethink itself because their ability to take from the wealthy and give to people in the forms of wealth and welfare gets called into question under a Bitcoin standard and it gets called into question when you take away the money printer away from the hands of government, right? The right will be pissed off because they can no longer go to war. And then the left will be pissed off because holy shit, I'm not getting my free healthcare, right? But the people on the right hand side that benefit from going to war are a handful versus the people on the left hand side that want all these free benefits is the majority, right? And again, I don't think this is no longer a theory. Because if you actually look at the real world, right, that's the political situation is that you can't deny right now that the amount of pushback against Bitcoin mining, against Bitcoin, the technology is coming from the left, from the left hand side. That's undeniable. Right. And honestly, to me, that is extremely disappointing. And the reason that it's extremely disappointing to me is because, dude, the left was supposed to be about inclusivity. The left was about to be ab about uh, about supposed to be about banking Quality. the unbanked. But when and a lot of them are to give them credit, a lot of them are and a lot of them like Bitcoin because of that. But a very strong side of the, of those parties are very strong political opponents of Bitcoin because it hampers their ability to control people through money, through monetary policy. And yeah, they're kind of in this terrible situation. And I think governments really are going to have to act, they're going to have to answer for a sim very simple question. And I think it's going to be a very difficult question for them. And I don't know how they're going to deal with it. Why so should I have, why should I be forced to earn in a money that is designed to lose value versus now I could earn in money that is designed to go up in value. And why do I have to pay income tax on a money that is designed to go value? And if it has a, it, to lose value and it's designed, why do I have to pay taxes on the differences versus if I earn in Bitcoin and then my purchasing power increases because of the architecture of Bitcoin, why do I have to pay taxes on that purchasing power gain? 
It makes no sense, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's very <laughs> hard questions that governments are going to have to answer, and they're not they're not very well prepared for it. And what I've noticed is that dude, rather than trying to compete, what they're trying to do is use coercion, man. And it's mm -hmm. like like they are in for a radical awakening and there's going to be a lot of pissed off people a lot of egomaniacs like mike uh like max kaiser likes to say yeah what's and great is that i got it yeah go well, ahead. Oh, sorry jeff go ahead go ahead well, i'm just saying the thing about the progressives and all the other sides is like bitcoin works in any given political spectrum you want to do it on and it'll just run its course i mean all that happens is you want free healthcare? Okay. You, eventually you run out of money. So we're going to see all these, uh, uh, what's the word, examples happen, and then they'll just run their course and they'll fail. It's just going to be sad. So yeah, our only job is just to push the idea of individualism rather than collectivism, not because... Sorry for the interruption. Not sure what happened, but Zencaster decided it didn't feel like working at this point in the podcast. Let's start again, where we left off, and hey, thanks for listening. Okay, and we're back. Uh, hopefully this edit comes out good. Uh, we were talking about, this is, this is something I wanted to say about this topic, was the irony is, uh, just going off of what Nico was just talking about, was this idea that I think that if the progressives, if the left wing had embraced Bitcoin from the outset, they would have been much farther ahead in the game. Because right. I think right-wingers would inherently want to cling to the U.S. dollar. Like, I, 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 I don't know if that's true or not. That's a guess of mine. Mm -hmm. But this idea of, like, it's America and, you know, and, and I'm saying this as somebody who was this person a year and a half ago, right? Like, uh, I'm not going to mess with Bitcoin because, uh, you know, the dollar is superior. So why should I want something that's based on nothing, you know, like... That was literally my argument before Jeff got a hold of me. So I really think that, like, if the, le the left wing is in a catch-22, right? Because if they don't embrace Bitcoin, they're going to lose. And if they embrace Bitcoin, they're going to lose, like you said. Because at a certain point, you just run out of the money. You, you just Bitcoin is finite. You can't just keep printing more of it. There's no incentive in the world that's going to convince me, a node runner or a miner or anybody that holds Bitcoin to be like, yeah, let me devalue my own currency, please. Like, it's not going to happen. So it's an odd thing. They could have, and I've said this, and, and maybe you, you want to comment on this, Nico, but I, I have said almost since the beginning, I've said the smartest thing the U.S. government could do right now. We all understand that we are facing an unprecedented crisis in terms of the economy. And it's like the smartest thing the U.S. could do right now is print a shit ton of money and buy up all the Bitcoin and then maybe try to switch over to some sort of Bitcoin backed dollar. You know, I've always thought that that was the case. What do you think about that? Yeah, look, I, I think what you said, you know, about, you know, the, the right wing, uh, you know, clinging to nationalism and clinging to, you know, the dollar and all that i think it's absolutely true but that's a form of collectivization right it's literally the same thing mm -hmm. um so yeah i i do believe that some are going to do that but it's also more individualistic that ideology right so again i think it's it will be bitcoin will be much faster 
it will be much better received than what you're seeing with the traditional left-wing parties. And the, it, it, you, what you said perfectly, they're, they're totally in a catch-22 because their whole model relies on being able to print and seize money effectively. If you take that away from them, their whole model gets called into question, right? And a lot of the things that they were supposedly fighting for, right, which is one of the one of my favorite features about Bitcoin, right, is that it exposes everyone's incentives, right? Were they ever really for the little guy or were they about power the entire time, right? Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's definitely interesting. It's fascinating how much Bitcoin really changes the landscape. Now, in terms of the U.S., I, I've actually thought about this before. The, you know, the U.S. government printing all this money and then using that printing money to buy, you know, all the Bitcoin. Well, here's the beautiful about Bitcoin. The beautiful thing about Bitcoin is the majority of Bitcoin isn't moving. Like it's in cold storage. And here's the thing. I'm not going to sell my Bitcoin to the U.S. government. And if I know the U.S. government is buying all this Bitcoin, what are you going to do? You're going to hodl it. <laughs> why, yeah, you are. Why would I exchange something that's finite, something that can't be easily confiscated, something that can't be debased for monopoly money? Why the fuck would I do that? So I will. I hope the U.S. government does that because number go up. But I mean, <laughs> like they what like it, they're fighting a losing battle. They're 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 in my opinion, and I don't ester, don't underestimate the lengths at which governments will go to to try to remain relevant but i think at the end of this like the that old model i agree with the sovereign individual thesis i agree with milton friedman where he says you know the internet is going to greatly reduce the role of government i agree with hayek i i i i, I don't know how that model of theft at the end of the day that's what it is right mm -hmm. like this crazy idea that you work your entire life and you're punished as a wealthy person as a wealthy person you have to pay more of your income right to a bureaucracy that literally just sent 40 billion fucking dollars to the ukraine right after we left 80 billion in afghanistan right and I'm paying for that. Not only do I have to pay taxes, right? I also have to pay. Um, I also have to pay a sales tax. I also have to pay a property tax. So, what's the top tax bracket in the United States? Thirty-nine percent federal income tax. If you live in California, if you live in New York, it's above fifty percent. So, you have to work fifty percent of the year to give to a corrupt bureaucracy that doesn't use it effectively in florida we don't have an income tax okay and the state just reported a budget surplus in the billions of dollars i don't think the government has an income problem i think the government has a spending problem and of course they would have a fucking spending problem they literally have a button to create money out of thin air that the rest of us peasants and deplorables have to break our backs to earn. It is literally a broken system. 
I don't work for a money that someone else can create at free or no cost to them. If you work for a money that no matter who you are, a king, emperor, a party, a powerful party, it doesn't matter. You have to mine Bitcoin. You have to spend electricity. You have to spend power. You have to spend, you have to spend money on the infrastructure. Um, you could steal it, which requires uh, coercion. It requires a, a sort of power, right? Or you could earn it. Like there is no other way around that, right? So I think that if we fix the money, for example, I think that a lot of the that a lot of the goals of our lefty friends, right? Of you know cheaper healthcare, you know, and because I agree and I empathize with a lot of what they want. With I think that ninety nine percent of those issues can be solved through a free market system where the money is broken and it's not stealing from people. I think that they are in tune with the fact that there's something fundamentally wrong with the system. I think where they get it wrong is growing the bureaucracy, which we know does not work. Look at history, right? And I know, um, and we know that, for example, their solution of collectivization also doesn't work. But you cannot deny the fact that they're right about healthcare being broken. You cannot deny the fact that they're right about the fact that it shouldn't be that two people have to have a job. You can't deny that. You can't take that away from them. I think they're a hundred percent right. What we disagree on is the methods. And while the the political right in the United States is fighting the political left, and while the political left is fighting the political right, they're both being stolen from at the exact same time. And the political parties are ingenious because they're pointing at the other side. It's the Republicans. And then the left are like, it's the Democrats. And it's like, no, it's the fucking money. It's stealing from all of us, bro. It's just stealing from you guys. It's stealing from the left. It's stealing from the right. And then there's different emotional responses to both. The right is like, yo, less taxes. Leave me the fuck alone. And the left is like, more taxes, more health care. It's like, dude, if you fix the fucking money, none of those things are a non-issue. It's a non-fucking issue. You know? So, yeah, man. I think and, we need a... And especially, especially the medical industry is such a quagmire, right? Because it's so... I mean, you have rules like you can't go across state lines to buy insurance. You, you know, insurance companies run the entire show. How did that happen? Oh, through through uh, through legislation, you know, like I, I can't sit down with my doc. I literally cannot. And I've tried to do it. I can't go into my doctor and I can't say, listen, I want to pay you in cash and I want you to service whatever is my issue. You know what I mean? Like you can't do it. They'll say, oh, I have to have uh, you got to have insurance or you have to have this medical program or, or this government program like it's it's across the board it's just a snafu like it's a massive and i i think it's and i think it's both sides i want to be clear on that like i'm not i am i am a conservative i am definitely right leaning in in the tr current sense of the word in that i believe in individualism and 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 i just want to be left the fuck alone right that's my that's my bag but i understand that those that would claim me in their camp the politicians they are not they're not my team right like 
they have they have abused my goodwill you know uh for 20 years now and the republicans that like a goldwater republican for those of you who are old enough to remember that term those people they don't they don't exist in politics anymore you know um you now have you have a very few you have a handful of 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 politicians period that on a on a on a federal level that could actually lay claim to a conservative sort of mantle so i i don't think it's it's left or right at this point i think it's a machine that everybody that gets voted in they just get fed into that machine and they become part of it and everybody who's the, george carlin said it best it's a big club and we ain't in it yeah paraphrasing but do you guys feel like not- uh yeah. Do you guys feel like, you know, they say Bitcoin breaks all your models. I feel like it just breaks the whole political fucking compass. Like there's just going to be the political compass, left, right, up, down, authoritarian, all that shit. And then just a whole other picture beside it. That's just a bright orange circle with a B in the middle of it. And it's like, this is my political fucking leaning i'm just a bitcoiner man like yeah, that's how i feel because I, I don't know how to do like i don't know how to you're, describe you're an anarchist feel. by nature though buddy like that's, but it's like that's... it's not even anarchy it's like nothing describes how a bitcoiner feels it's like you try and say okay it's right leaning it's left leaning it's this it's that it's like no it's just bitcoiner i really feel like in a couple i don't know a couple years or a couple decades you'll be able to say your political leaning is bitcoiner and that'll just be like a oh okay i get it you know you're one you're 100 right and that's literally exactly why on simply bitcoin we say that we're apolitical because we know that whether you come from the traditional left wing jeff right you're spot on with that observation or you come from the traditional right wing if you take the orange pill max kaiser says this perfectly or maybe he didn't coin the term you don't change bitcoin bitcoin changes you so what we believe right is that if we get enough people holding bitcoin taking self-custody what happens to them over time they get based they become a bitcoiner they value individual freedoms they they value sovereignty they value private property but but big but that ideology and those beliefs is much more compatible compatible with a certain political ideology than the other. The other, when I mention those things, they'll tell, they'll call you, they'll literally call you a right wing extremist, even though we're not. Yeah. We're just, I, I think that that's the new, that's part in of my the, belief. That's the part I'll, of the I'll, narrative, I'll, right? I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. I don't care. But I, I, I would say, though, here's the thing, though, Jeff, is that there's always going to be, look, throughout history, we've seen it, and throughout all of future time, as long as humans are human beings, we will see somebody try to pervert the system, whatever the system is, to their own, adva- own advantage. Yeah, like, but we just people, will. But, yeah, but we're in a different time now. Like, we're in Bitcoin time now. No, people we're are... not. No, no, we're really not. Because well, look, at, look at what be. just happened with Nick Carter. This, this is what I'm saying is people can, tr- like, Nick Carter thinks he's something special and he, he, he killed fucking maximalism. He's a moron. It's just like... Nick Carter used maximalism to raise his own shit. all he did is no yeah, all he's, 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 he's talking to other fucking morons man that's his all he's star doing. Is rising talking right to anybody yeah. his star, his star is, rising. is rising it's still no, but literally though, idiots, though. We, we talked about this idiots. last week jeff he literally used he literally used the maxis but to, did he succeed and, this is what bothers he did. me like, no, does he, he have more money than man. he did when he started 
I don't give a fuck. You're like he's an well, idiot. Of course you don't. But so that's, who cares? But I'm, I'm using it as an example for my point. The my people point that he's is... talking to are always going to be uh, manipulated by somebody. You know what I mean? Because they're not Bitcoiners. Bitcoiners don't get no, manipulated. Look, I'm not arguing the fact that he's like he's an actual influential person at this point. What I'm saying is, is he manipulated the system to line his pockets. And I'm saying there will always be people like him. They can be yeah. politicians. They could be influencers, whatever you want to call them. The human human nature isn't going to go away just because Bitcoin exists. Yeah, but there's that's be, my argument. I feel like there's going to be two different societies. There's going to be Bitcoiners, and then there's going to be everybody else. That's another thing I wanted to talk about. Is like, um, you know, we can we can look at. I'm kind of curious uh, to to talk about Venezuela for a second because when you when you extrapolate what happens to a collectivist society long enough, okay, what happens? Everybody gets poor as fuck. So that's what's going to happen in Canada, the United States, everywhere, right? So uh, eventually there's going to be Bitcoiners that are extremely rich. And then there's going to be the other lower class that chose not to become Bitcoiners that are going to be very, 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 very poor and look for somebody to take care of them. So I, I can... don't believe that in the United States it will ever happen. Really? And the reason the reason for that is because the fucking dude, the founding fathers, man, they were fucking geniuses. Okay, yeah. So the the vision of powers is currently fit, like it's literally on the brink, right? Um, you know, there's there's you know the judicial branch, the legislative, like legislative doesn't mind being judicial, like it's like it's 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 being threatened, but it still makes it very difficult for them. But most importantly, this is why I'm so bullish on the United States, is that individual states have so much fucking sovereignty. So it's like Texas will literally tell the government, of, the federal government to fuck off. And while New York falls into the collectivist mindset, what happens with all this? Everyone leaves. All the wealth just gets yeah. up and goes. Dude, and the numbers out of New York right now are like, a, what, what did we just read? It was like. Uh, for the schools, did you see the thing about schools, Nico, where it's like oh. uh, 250,000 kids are just out of the system. Like they've just, yeah, they've just, the, the parents great. have just up and pulled their kids out of their system. It's great. Know? So the, U, the U.S. will never go the route of Europe. It will never go the route of Venezuela. And I really give credit to the fucking founding fathers and the way they designed the country. It is literally anti-collectivism. The first two amendments of the Constitution <laughs> are literally the worst fucking nightmare for these people. Freedom of speech and the right to bear arms. Like, and not to mention the states. Like, dude, like it, it, it is – that's why they hate the country. That's literally why, you know, a certain political ideology is like I hate America. They hate that, – that's why they hate it because it's so hard to co-opt, right? Unlike a lot of these central bureaucracies that you see – in Europe and whatnot. But to go back to your original point, Jeff, about how, you know, uh, you know, some, you know, Svetsky calls it, you know, the remnant, right? You know, some Bitcoiners just going to get incredibly rich and, you know, the poor is just going to get poor. Look, eventually people are going to realize that wishing to government is no longer effective. And the beauty of that is that if you can no longer wish to a godlike institution, where does the responsibility fall to? Yourself. But, 
so what what is happening right now in venezuela though like all these people that wanted to be collectivists now now what do they do like they're just they're fucked right what's going on there how, how are these yeah. people surviving what you're seeing so yeah what you're seeing in venezuela right is you're you saw that the the that the economy dollarized and you're also seeing parallel economies in bitcoin and crypto and stable coins and all that right oh they have so, dollar, it's dollar when did that happen i didn't know they were dollar like it, legitimately it, dollarized or just yeah by, it, by the... The, you don't like if you know if you live in venezuela you you have dollars like or, or you know or oh. use crypto or use bitcoin or well, use stable coins. yeah i mean well that because people again remember like life always finds a way right um yeah. and you know the government kind of has taken you know, of course, you know, they, they, they have an official exchange rate where, you know, the dollar is a certain amount, but the black market rate is the actual exchange rate. And it's significantly, you know, it's significantly higher. So like, yeah, man, like, and this is something that collectivists don't understand. You can't take away economic reality. You can't take away economics, like economics, capitalism. It's a lot, it's a lot more complex than people give it credit. Like, like, look, there's no central economic model than that can match millions upon millions of individuals following their own incentives and by buying the products that they want and by buying the products is essentially a vote of confidence for that problem, for that, for that product. And it's a base, it's a market signal telling you, Hey, People want this. I have to make more of this, right? Whereas in the central, you know, the 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 central planning model that a lot of academics fall to, because you know they they're in a classroom and they're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm super educated, and because I'm super educated, I could plan <laughs> the economy to be perfect, and there's going to be no poverty, and blah 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 blah. Um, so. That's fucking bullshit. And we've lit, we've experienced a hundred years of that bullshit and it doesn't want to fucking die and it won't ever fucking die unless you take away the power of money from bureaucrats, politicians, government, right? And you, and you put it in the hands of what I call the productive class, right? And if you put it in the hands of the productive class, these bureaucrats, these parasites, because that's really what they are. That's they're they going are. to have a fucking titty attack because their whole <laughs> existence gets called into question. Like their whole, like their ability to say sweet nothings and get on top of a soapbox and say, Hey, it's the rich people. It doesn't matter. You can't take it away from the rich people now. So what are you going to do? It's going to force these people to be productive or they starve. Right now, I think that's the long term play. Right. And I think that what I'm describing, you know, how the uh, uh, the collectivists have a certain utopia of, you know, everyone is free health care, free thing, you know, to each according to their need or whatever the ability, whatever that shit is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, and then the libertarian utopia is like, yeah, everyone's private property. Everyone's going to leave me alone. Like, fuck. Yeah. Look, I think. With Bitcoin, we're definitely going to get closer to the, 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 the libertarian utopian model. But I, I don't know if we're going to see that in our lifetimes. And if we do, it's awesome. But I do believe, Doug and Jeff, that 
the next decade or two, man, it's going to be so fucking tumultuous. Yeah. Like, dude, the yeah. hate and the vitriol of some people, because That's you know what these politicians yeah. are going to say, right? They're going to say, you, the, the dollar is going to zero because of Bitcoin. And it's fucking it's Bitcoin. Because of Bitcoin. Yeah. Exactly. The Bitcoiners, they are stealing yeah. your wealth. Fuck and them. And storing. Yeah. Yeah. Storing yeah. it. You know, They're not moving yeah. the money around. No. And I, I have, I have struggled with that because when I, so Jeff and I, I don't, Nico, you probably don't know this, but like Jeff and I came on board. Uh, what is that Jeff? Late, late 2019, late, late early 2020, something like that. Uh, late 2020. Was it late? Oh God, you're right. Okay, yeah, late man. 2020. So we were we came in right at the end of the last bull run, essentially. No, the beginning of the the be- well, middle of the bull Dude, run. Dude, I I mean, I basically bought it like 50. Well, and you were you were late, and, yeah, you failed. Yeah. That's your own fault. Oh, uh, okay. All right, whatever. Bite me. So, uh, so the point is, I told like... you about it at fucking 19k, <laughs> and here we are again at 19. Here we are again. So I still time. got some at 19k. Yeah, it's everything's all good. good. There's been no everything's change. Everything's fine. But my point is, is like when we started, I thought I was like I was the last of the remnant. And I know that term now. I didn't know it then. But I thought I was the last of of like the Bitcoiners. Right. Like I was I was I was so late to the party. I just got on board and that train has taken off, you know, and and we've seen what has happened, you know, And, and now I've started to realize that. I probably I my most important goal isn't necessarily stacking, although that's part of it. My most important goal is teaching my children what stacking means and mm-hmm. what real freedom means. Like, and I've always been, again, I, I'm a very conservative guy. I've always been a, like, since, since I was old enough to vote, right. I've been a conservative guy. Uh, and I'm 45, I'm 45, right. I almost forgot for a second. So, for a long time, I've been a conservative guy and I'm starting to really understand now. And it's, this is thanks to Bitcoin a, a lot. Like I really understand what it means to teach your children. And I think that's a lot of, I think that's a point of reckoning. A lot of Bitcoiners are going to have to come to. That's my point right now is that Dude, we, we might go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 100%. Uh, I tweeted this out the other day. Um, the Bitcoin revolution is a is a revolution of personal responsibility. And if you don't instill those values into your children, right, it's it's not going to work because they're going to be ca- like this is what people don't understand. Right. Is that human beings, right, are literally designed to worship something. Right. Um, if you don't worship God, what do you do? You end up worshiping the next most powerful thing in your mind. God-shaped hole. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna worship government. You're gonna worship the state, right? Um, now, do I have to say you believe in God and whatever this? No, it's totally a personal choice, right? But what I'm describing is an observation. Now, I think that you have to instill uh, good values onto your offspring, onto your children, right? Because it's not so much you have to teach them wisdom. You have to teach them common sense, right? Because you could be the most intelligent person on the planet, but if you don't have wisdom, you're going to make catastrophic decisions because of how intelligent you are, right? You see that with the, you know, the academics. (laughs) Nick Carter. (laughs) 
you see that with people that you know are they're so-called better than you they have a harvard degree and it's like and then the, the ideas they come up with super intelligent but catastrophic i would rather trust a bunch of plumbers with government than a bunch of harvard ivy leaguers because i know the plumbers they're just gonna like okay let's make the system work the ivy leaguers they're like, oh, I'm smart, therefore I'm going to fix fucking society and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yo, you're not that important, bro. Sh like, relax and sit down, you know? And, Do you know who uh, agrees with you on this point? Do you who? know who agrees with you? Every one of the fucking founders. <laughs> that was absolutely their yeah. design from yeah. get-go, from, from page one of the, the Declaration and the Constitution. It was the idea of, Normal men should run government and then stop running government and go back to their jobs. That yep. was the design. George Washington, the reason a lot of people don't know this, like because people are just generally uninformed. George Washington, the very first president, was the one who set the standard of I don't want to have a kingship. Right. Like they offered to make him a king. And he said, no, I will serve two terms. And then I'm done and I'm going back to my, my orchards and my vineyards and, and all of that shit. Like the founding fathers, Nico, Jesus, dude, I liked you before. I kind of want to make babies with you right now. Because <laughs> Christ, it's like, you are, I am just the fact that you, you as, as a first generation American, you get this shit. And there are so many people that lived here their entire lives and have no fucking clue like because they've the, had the genius they've had of the founding way. fathers you get it and all of these 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 immigrants that are coming in they get it too even though they don't necessarily know the history of it they understand what it yielded and i'm just ah dude this is why this is why i loved you from the first man like seriously oh, i i've just i, I got goosebumps that. right now man it's so fucking good so fucking good so you know i i've always said you know i i did know about that by george washington and i and i always say this right the most important thing that George Washington did was not founding the country. It was the idea of selflessness, the idea that he realized, okay, I have to step down. I take in two terms. And you know who also did that, right? Satoshi Nakamoto. Created yes, Bitcoin. yes. I was just Bitcoin. thinking it. Yes. He created Bitcoin and he he understood that now – he needed to step away. And that was the most important thing that Satoshi did. And that was the most important thing that George Washington did, right? And then look at the results of their actions, right? Where a lot of these people, you know, hey, you know, I I'm going to be a dictator for life. I'm going to be whatever. And it's like, dude, like the worst fucking nightmares and cat cat uh, catastrophe catastrophes in human history has literally been created by people that don't understand their place and don't understand that it's like, dude, like you are the problem. Like, look, no one's asking you for try for you to try to reinvent society and for you to try to fix society. What people really want is for you to, you know, do as little as possible, but also, you know, just not fuck it up. Just yeah, don't fuck just, it up. That's all know, we're asking. And it's like, dude, like, but again, like, I, I think that Bitcoin really does fix this because I think that once you take away a government or a nation state ability to just print money out of thin air, dude, 
like <laughs> think about it all those parasites like they're gonna like, i don't know what they're gonna do <laughs> like i have no <laughs> idea what they're gonna do like, i have no idea what, what they're gonna do, do. the fact it's that so you great. sound so giddy saying that just it just warms my heart dude, dude I, 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 look, <laughs> I i you know the last election cycle was very difficult on me because now in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, this had to happen the way it happened because more people needed to wake up. Um, but I also knew when, when Biden was elected, I knew what was to come because I've experienced it before. And some of the most patriotic people I've ever met are first generation Americans. And the reason that they're patriotic is because unlike a lot of the people here, right? Um, they know how bad shit can get. And, you know, a lot of naive Americans are like, oh, it can never happen here. That wasn't real collectivism. We got to try it again. Um, yeah, and they're just yeah. so naive. They're so naive. And then when you call them out on it, like, oh, you're racist, you're an alt-right person, you're this, you're that. And then you're just like looking at them like, dude, like what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, Nico, I wanted to ask you, this is this will be the last question, then we'll kind of do some some wrap-up homework here a little bit. But I really want to, I, I just, I have to ask you this, right? Like you, you've come from this, right? Your family has come from this, you've escaped it. How annoying is it to have some 20 something you know white girl who has and it doesn't really matter i suppose but the white part but like just to have some sort of you know um ho uh, what do you want to call it? underwater basket weaving major from college right they they'll come out and they'll be like yeah you know yay Che Guevara and and you know yay communism and and then your family is like how I have no, I have no point of reference for that, right? Like, like I've said, I've, I've been born and bred American. I, I, I you know, I, lack of a better term, maybe, right? I bleed red, white, and blue. Like, I love this country. I love what it meant, and I hold to that, right? And so I've always loved it. And then you are this transplant. You come into this country, and you have seen the absolute other side of this, like. Do you have, is there something that goes through your head maybe when you see all these like college kids and they're like, you know, yeah, yay, you know, Che Guevara and yay communism and all that shit. Like, does that affect you? Like, how, how do you, what do you, what goes through your head when you, when you see it that is, kind of shit? It is the most frustrating thing, you know, I've ever experienced. Um, I, I love this country. I think this is the best country on earth. And I've been to many places and I've traveled a lot. And those people are the most ignorant people I've ever seen. Because if they really look, America's racist. Dude, have you been to Africa? Have you been to Asia? Have you been to South <laughs> you you, you want to talk to me about racism? If you've been there, then, then you see. Look, have you been to China? If you're openly racist in a big city in the US, you will literally get your ass beat. That is not a racist country. The fact that someone from you know the hoods of chicago was elected to the president of the united states and the the country is majority white that's not a racist country 
the fact that the most black billionaires are from the United States, like these people are being used as pawns for political gain by indoctrination, propaganda, manipulation. I've seen it happen. I know how it works. And you call them out on it. They're just like, nope, nope, nope. But it's funny because I always have a Trump card. And, um, you know, because and I, look, I'm Hispanic. But if you look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty white, you know, and I have green eyes. Right. Um, you know, one of the first things like, oh, you know, you're racist or you're this or you're that. It's like, dude, I'm a minority, bro. <laughs> I'm from Venezuela. What are you talking about? And the, the, they, they short circuit. They don't know what to do because they want to insult you. But according to their ideology, you're Hispanic. So they can insult you. You're a minority. You're untouchable. And, yep, and they yep. don't know what to do. They have no idea how to deal with someone that's in my shoes. Because it's like, wait a second, you're a, you're you're an oppressor. It's like, wait, no, dude, I'm I'm Hispanic. I'm supposedly oppressed. And they're like, yeah, but you shouldn't be saying those things. What's going on? <laughs> so it's like, it, 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 it's it's a poisonous ideology. It's very extremely dangerous. It's very frustrating. But I think it was uh, Alexander Schwarzenegger that said this. I think that the only way that these people learn their lessons is really by experiencing it. And I remember when Biden, the very interesting election, I'll leave it at that. Uh, some very interesting things happened. You can say it, dude. We're tinfoil hat, bro, here. We're, we're it's not tinfoil hat, hat dude. Want. Look, look. the fact that they all, they stopped the counting <laughs> in all the swing states at the exact same time, okay, yeah. for a supposed water leak, and there's literally a video of them pulling out votes from underneath the table, and the fact that you bring any of this up and you're just othered from the internet is like, dude, it's so freaking obvious. Okay. <laughs> now, am I saying that they fucking, you know, stole this shit? Dude, I don't think we have enough information to come to that conclusion, but I'll tell you something. Okay. Why is it that we can't ask? Did you know that the Democrats have questioned every single election that a Republican has won? Why is it that when the right wing does it they're fucking domestic terrorists why right that like dude like it's because you're living on a double standard right which is actually herbert marcuse he actually is the one that came with the theory up and he was the head of the hamburg school um and dude like in modern progressivism and dude like come on now like come on now like the fact that there's a double standard is just absolutely crazy. I think it's extremely dangerous. And I might not agree with a lot of conservative values because, dude, I don't like the idea of coercion. I don't like the idea that they're, you know, that they push a lot of religious stuff, that they push a lot of the abortion stuff. But I've always said this, and I say this to my girlfriend all the time, in this kind of political landscape, the conservatives are the front line and the libertarians are just relaxing in the back. Just like, oh yeah, like you, you're allowed to be libertarian because the conservatives are doing the hand-to-hand -hand combat, right? Because if they weren't, then they would come after you next, right? So dude, it is, it is extremely disheartening, man, when, you know, I come from a country that has 
suffered the consequences of socialism and you come to America and you see this being pushed so hard. And the tragedy of the situation is, is that I empathize with a lot of the young people um, because I think they're right. I think that they know that something is inherently flawed with the system where they get it wrong and where the left takes advantage of this is that it's not the economic system that's broken. Capitalism works just fine. What's broken is the money. The money is stealing from everybody. And young people are rightly, they should be angry and they should be upset because they're absolutely right. Like they are 100% right. And the left, like it always does, it capitalizes on that opportunity for political power and gain control, right? So, you know, they've done this with minority parties. They've done this with the women movement, right? Um, I don't think they really give a shit about minority parties. I don't think they really give a shit about women, right? I think what they really care about is power. It's always been about power, right? Um, so as long as there's injustices, extreme wealth inequality, the left is going to take a foothold and they're going to use that um, to gain power. Now, I have a lot of lefty friends. Um, I, 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 I love those guys. You know, they're great people. But I think that the idea of a whole political ideology based on stealing from other people, I think that's going to reinvent itself under a Bitcoin standard. Um, and I don't think that any of these people like will, you know, change their temperament and I don't think they'll, they'll change their views and they shouldn't. I think it's really important to have both, uh, both political thinkings. In fact, I think that 95% of the issues will be solved if you fix the money, dude. I, I don't think we have that many differences with those people. I just don't. I don't believe that. Every single time we've had a progressive case for Bitcoin podcast, at the end, we're just like, dude, we agree on 95% of things. So it's like, like, dude, and, and, and like, you know, and, and, and I blame the right also for like, dude, like, why do you think those people are so for a lot of these, you know, uh, like for homosexuality or, or transgenderism, whatever, that's because the right picked on them for so fucking long, telling them that they, you know, they shouldn't fucking exist because of their certain political, you know, certain sexual preferences. And that is so fucking wrong, dude. Listen, I grew up in Miami, bro. Miami is one of the, like, it is like, there's a huge gay community there. And dude, like, I have my political beliefs and I love those people. I get along with them. They're fucking talented. They're awesome. Like, they're fucking great people. Like, wh why should I have to impose my beliefs onto them? Because that makes me just as bad as the collectivists on the, on the left. It's just the collectivism of the right. I think that the future well, is yeah, individualism. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And the future is no, individualism. I agree. You know? And I, I've always said, like, since I was since I was pretty much old enough to understand, like, I just don't think the government should be in the marriage game. You know, like, I don't give a shit. Honestly, 
and and I'm saying this as a Christian, and and I don't know if you know that Nico or whatever, but I am I am a very devout Christian, and I don't care, honestly. You know, I if whatever whatever my God decides to meet out at the end, you know, of everybody's life, that's that's between him and them, and it's really not my business, to be honest. But my my gripe has always been. Why is the government in the marriage game? Why, is the Why government it, as a, anything? Yeah, well, exactly. It's like I I am a heterosexual male and I have five children. Why do I need the government to to designate that as a thing? Uh, you know, somebody's a as, as a gay guy and he has he has a gay partner and and they want to get married. Cool, find a church. I don't care, right? But it's like, why is the government involved? Because that's really the issue. That's their that's their only that's their only flex is that they, they have to dude, it is it is literally like it is literally the problem, you know? And at the yeah. end of the day, God gave us free will, right? Yeah, um, I agree. That that's design. the that's the second thing he gave us, right? He first gave us life and then he gave us free will. And I've said that about a half a dozen times on this show. Correct. And so the, the ultimate I, the ultimate judge is between you and your creator. Right. So yep. like, for example, like if you're going to be amoral and you're going to do like, obviously, if you're going to steal from people, hurt people. Right. There's you know, there's certain things that, you know, require some type of law. Right. But, you know, the over bureaucratic system that we have today is just, yeah. Why the fuck is government getting into these things? Like, dude, look, I, I don't like I, I don't like, you know, certain things that the left does certain things that the right does but i i i'm okay with it because it's not me that's their decision if as you, long as you leave me if the you fuck come wrong, at it from I'm the okay standpoint of freedom if freedom is first in whatever you're deciding mm -hmm. i think you're 100 percent going to be falling into the right category if Correct. freedom is your first principle you will be on the right track i really believe that and so, right. you know, I, I agree with you that that for a long time, you know, the right was doing a certain thing and the left was doing a certain thing. And I've and kind it, of it come creates, to understand right now that it creates animosity because essentially. Yes. And that's the point, right? Like we have to be at each other's throats so that they can kind of like Stay reap the rewards, you know? Yeah. yeah. In control. Yeah. Exactly. So, the problems. but I think Bitcoin. No, you're not. No, I agree. <laughs> I think, like I always go back to this. Is it because of the, like like you know because the right wingers have been having this conversation for so long, like and the Fed and this, but they have no fucking solution. I think we have a yeah. solution now. You know, I really mm -hmm. think we have through Bitcoin we have a solution to actually fix the problem, and this will benefit not only the right, it will benefit people on the left equally, but it will be a much harder pill to swallow for. Yeah some people on the left than it will for people on the right i'm going to caveat that i'm going to say it's it's going to be much harder for for people to swallow if they're an enemy of freedom because Correct. i'm going to use my friend nico's language and just say if you are an enemy of bitcoin you're an enemy of freedom how's that how's that does that work is that was that a pretty good sound bite right there boom all right so we're going to wrap up the show, but uh, Nico, I need you to bear with us for like another 15 minutes or so. Yeah, do you have we're going to wrap up. 
Nico, you got a, you got a few more minutes to hang out with us. We got some end of the show things we like to do. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I got okay. I got okay. like five ten minutes left, so we're good. We can do it. We can roll. We can roll through this. All right, so guys, we're gonna reintroduce. Tales from the Fair. We're going to reintroduce uh, Tales from the Fair. That's right. You just heard the, uh, I just edited in the uh, the old little stinger okay, give there. Give a quick little, give a sh- little spiel of what it is and why you do Okay. So everybody, um, if you're new to the show, and Nico, this is for you as well. Uh, I I do leather work. That's my, my main job. And I have been in the pursuit of a position at this Ren Fair locally to me here in Wisconsin. And uh, so I like to tell little stories every once in a while from from the fair because I see a lot of wild shit. And um, I just explain that you're selling your shit for Bitcoin, which is the cool part about it. Well, okay, but that was part of this story, Jeff. Okay, Okay, please don't step on my toes, brah. (laughs) So uh, so I just uh, I was actually in the fair last episode uh, of the of the podcast, but we didn't talk about it. but this week, I just have to. I have to bring it up. So um, I'm in a new spot. It's been a complete train wreck of trying to get into this spot and everything else with the management and everything else. Uh, but I finally got into this really great spot, and I'm doing really well. And uh, thanks for all the support, everybody. I appreciate it. Uh, but this weekend, um, I had a client come in. And dude, it was the guy from last season that bought Bitcoin. And he bought more stuff this week and then he paid in Bitcoin. Yes. Again. He crazy. remembered me as the guy who was selling stuff for Bitcoin. And he came in and he said, Hey dude, it's me. I bought I was the Bitcoin guy last year. And I was like, Hell yeah, dude, how are you doing? And then he he proceeded to buy like honestly like four times the amount and he paid in Bitcoin this year. So last season, I had to wait till the very last day of the Ren Fair in order for me to sell something in Bitcoin. This season, I'm already two weeks in. I've already sold something in Bitcoin, and I'm very excited about it. I just had to, I just had to share it, guys. I just had to share it. You know what they say, man, gradually and then suddenly. <laughs> dude, that's sick, he, man. It was so cool because he was like, yeah, dude, we just we just have to do this. Like, we just have to start making this economy happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, brah, you get me. I love you. It was great. It was a good time, man. And we, we laughed and he, like, I made belts for him and shit. It was awesome. It was so cool. It was just so cool. It was great. And then the best part was, is everyone is listening to us talk. Like, I had a full house, basically. And everyone's listening to me, you know, talk to him and, like, jaw jacking and everything. And, and I make all this stuff. And then then some of them saw him actually pay in bitcoin so gradually but suddenly one one step at a time man anyways that's beautiful that's that's, uh that's tales from the fair this week it's badass man all right jeff okay and now it's time for why bitcoin presents your weekly price check that's right it's time for the why bitcoin weekly price check Okay, for anybody first time listening, uh, Doug and I like to talk about the price for just a, a few minutes here at the end. We keep it fun by having a bet on every week. We guess what the price of one Bitcoin is going to be at the following recording of our show. Uh, Nico, whenever we have guests on, we ask that they make a guess along with us. Now, we put 100,000 sats in a pot. 
whoever gets the most guesses right wins the pot. And if we have a guest on, and if your guess of the price is closer than ours, we add 5,000 sats to the pot. So last, last season, I owed Doug 120,000 sats, which sucks. So I'm going to try and win it back. You know, got to chase those losses. So if, you, if, you're, if you're down for it, Nico, we'll, we'll ask you to uh, make a guess for what you think the price is going to be next week. Are you cool with that? Yeah, let's do it, man. I, I usually okay, don't speculate, but fuck it. Let's do yeah, it. we do it for yeah, fun. Yeah, I know. We, we, know we, we understand, just for everybody listening at home, we understand the price does not matter. This is literally just a fun game for me and Jeff to play. Uh, because, again, it's like, like that parallel economy kind of a thing. We're gambling in Bitcoin because yeah. we're not going to gamble in fiat because that's bullshit. And it's also so, just, you know, we got to do the numbers. <laughs> yeah. So last week, uh, I was the uh, bull. I, I said that it was going to be 20,123 even. Jeff said it was going to be 18,765 and 43 cents. And as of this recording right now, thanks to bitbo.io, we, uh, it is at 22,000. Uh, it's God, it's changing so fast. 229.05 so is where we're at. So, so that's first, first win of the season is for Doug. Thank, the bear, thank the you. The bull everybody. is winning so far. Yes. Always bet on the bull, brother. All right. All right. So, Nico, what we're going to do is we're going to take 30 seconds, and through the magic of editing, it'll be 30 seconds. But uh, Jeff and I are going to write down our answers so that we can't change it last minute. Like, we kind of go on the honor system. So, starting in the next five seconds, we're going to write down our answers, and then we will go ahead and compare them. All right. Starting now. You guys good? Yeah, I got, I got it. Nico, Nico you, got, you ready? You got a number in mind? Let's do it. Okay, All Doug, right. you go first because you won, right? I was the winner this week, so I will go with twenty-one thousand five hundred and ninety-six. Is my guess for next week at this time of recording? Okay, Nico, what do you think the price of one Bitcoin is going to be next week? Oh God, I never do this. Uh, okay, let me. <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, fuck. Okay, while well, you're, you're thinking, okay. I'll say my. I, I will uh, next week. So July 25th. Yes, sir. Yep. I know you got to check your charts. Check your all your TA <laughs> graphs. Check your 20, moon charts. Twenty thousand five hundred. Twenty thousand five hundred. Twenty thousand five hundred even. Uh -oh. Write it down, Nico. Guess what, Doug? I'm the bitch bear again. I went. Always. We're going back to the 19s, 19,450.25. Get some cheap sats. Super, super corn. We're going back. Yeah. Always under, yeah. always under 20 <laughs> forever. <laughs> you know, you were the 58K guy for a long time, but yeah, suddenly you've become the 20K guy like yeah. a bitch bear. I'm all about being a bitch bear and getting cheap sats, man. We're climbing to sat goals. Let's go. Hell Nico, yeah, hell yeah. man, dude, we really appreciated you being on. Thank you so much. This was uh, a blast. I was concerned that I didn't have enough questions lined up, but uh, it turns out when you talk to Bitcoiners, you know, you, we can end up talking for a long time, and it's always a blast. And you were uh, yeah, a joy I, to listen to, dude. 
Thanks, man. I'm really sorry that, you know, towards the end, you know, it got a little political, but at the end of the day. No, 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 no. Don't you dare. Don't you even dare, Nico. That's why that's why I was so excited to have you on. Honestly, not going to lie. I think that Bitcoin is inherently it's a very political technology. It, It has very intense political consequences. And the more I got into Bitcoin, Dude, I, I, I wanted just to be a Bitcoin show at the beginning. And then I realized all the political ramifications. And I'm like, holy shit. No, 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 no. This is going to get into politics, bro. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. politics yeah. at the end of the day, it's about power. And Bitcoin is a threat to the establishment, the power it be. So, you know, I think it's important to have a lot of these conversations and, you know, to kind of think about a lot of these things and to really pass on the message to people that, Dude, doesn't matter whether you're on the political left or the right. Bitcoin is going to fix 90% of those issues, 95% of those issues. It's really about taking your financial sovereignty back and the the people that we that the people that are really our enemies are the bureaucrats, the governments, the central bankers because they don't give a flying fuck about you doesn't care it doesn't matter whether you're left or right and i think that when enough people wake up to that fact i think the world will be a better place fuck yeah man good good Perfect, message. Dude. we appreciate you uh let's give you a couple minutes here to shill whatever you want to like tell people about your show and where to find you and all that stuff yeah uh you can uh find me on twitter um not gonna be very active this week but you know you can find me at bitbolt7 on twitter and yeah, subscribe to Simply Bitcoin. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. It's also a podcast. It's definitely different than what you, that most shows. Um, and yeah, man, uh, really happy to you know come on your guys' show. It was an awesome show. I had a great time, and uh, thank you for the invite. We appreciate you. Well, it's it's uh, it's interesting that you say that, Nico, because we ask every guest on this show, "Will you be willing to come back?" Because we like it on record. That's the thing, because we're a small outfit, and we like it on record. Yeah, of course. Uh, just, you know, awesome. um, the scheduling is a little hard for me. So, you know, we, we it, <laughs> I definitely, I'm, I'm <laughs> all my fault, all my fault. Definitely love to, you know, to come back on the show. But, um, you know, it is like, dude, it, look, Simply Bitcoin seems easy, but every no, episode takes me like spending. five hours of just production, sure. recording, all of that. So like, and it's not a big of a deal if you do it one day, but the fact that you do it every single day, it's like, you got to yeah, pace yourself or you're just going to burn out. Right. So absolutely. So here's what we're going to do, Nico. We're going to pencil you in for season five. Okay. So All right, don't worry do about it. it. Fuck we'll, yeah. we'll definitely have you back. And uh, dude, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Jeff, uh, am I taking it out or do you want to take it out? You can take it out, but do a good outro. Okay. Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our guest, Nico. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to just kind of echo what Nico just said in order to close out the show. And I'm going to say, listen, guys, the bottom line is central bankers, politicians, your neighbors, they don't give a fuck about you. No one does. Only you will actually ultimately care about yourself. So what do you need to do? You need to ask yourself, why Bitcoin? All right, cut.